Hey everybody, this is Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. Today is March 9th, and first and foremost, I want to apologize because apparently my podcast distributor didn't get the podcast up on all of the podcast platforms, and so it was not available yesterday. Hopefully this is available today. I'm making this in blind faith. I'm hoping they get this problem figured out, but until then, I'm just going to keep making podcasts and keep putting them up, and I will link on my personal Facebook page because you can access the podcast through the Anchor podcast link, but not on any of the normal podcast platforms like Apple Podcast or CastBox or Spotify. Um, so I'm hoping they get this figured out soon, but until then, I will just keep linking the actual podcast link on my personal Facebook page. So I apologize for that right off the bat. I'm working with Anchor Podcast. We're trying to get that figured out. So today, you guys, we are still in Jacob chapter one. And in Jacob chapter one, I want to take a look at what Jacob can teach us about the attributes of a good leader in the church and in the gospel, whether that's a bishop, whether that's a Relief Society president, whether that's a a teacher, but any calling that we have or any opportunity to lead that we have, we can learn a great deal about how to do that from Jacob and how he leads. We're actually going to start near the end of the chapter and then we'll go back. But I like the principle that verse 17 teaches us right off the bat. So verse 17 says, Wherefore I, Jacob, gave unto them these words as I taught them in the temple, having first obtained mine errand from the Lord. So first and foremost, we can see that a good leader is a teacher. Now, there's no better place to teach than in the temple. The temple is meant to be a house of instruction, and that's where Jacob chose to teach his people. But regardless of where you're teaching, a good leader will be teaching. Teaching can happen on a very personal, individual, and small level, as well as on the big, grand level. So that's really important for any leader in the church, any anyone who has any calling in the church. It's important to constantly be teaching the people that you have stewardship over. Now that leads us to the second thing. It says that Jacob first obtained his errand from the Lord. Now, first of all, I believe that that's a stewardship from the Lord. He obtained his calling as a prophet and his stewardship. But second, and maybe even more important, I believe that when he says, having first obtained mine errand from the Lord, that's talking about specific revelation from the Lord about what he should be teaching. So in all things, we need to be consulting the Lord about what the people in our stewardship need. What do they need to hear? What do they need in their lives? There's a really great quote by Elder Uchtdorf about this. He says, To be effective church leaders, we must learn this critical lesson. Leadership in the church is not so much about directing others as it is about our willingness to be directed by God. And Jacob understood this. Before he began his teaching, before he began too much of his ministry, he first obtained his errand from the Lord. He was directed by the Lord before he began. So those are two important aspects, uh, being a teacher, um, stewardship, and receiving inspiration from God. The next attribute that we can see is found in verse 5. Verse 5 says, For because of faith and great anxiety, it truly had been made manifest unto us concerning our people what things should happen unto them. So when it says great anxiety in verse 5, 
it means concern because of the faith that Jacob had and because of the great concern that he had for his people. That's something that we can see in Jacob. That's one of his attributes that I really love is you constantly see this concern about the welfare of his people. He had a great love for them. And because of that love, he was worried about them. And that faith and that concern for them led to inspiration on how he could best help them. So that's another good one. Verse 7 teaches, and we talked about this one a little bit yesterday, but verse 7 says, Wherefore we labor diligently among our people, that we might persuade them to come unto Christ, and partake of the goodness of God, that they might enter into his rest. So an attribute of a good leader in the church is someone who's willing to labor diligently, who's willing to work hard for his people. Because of the love that Jacob had for them, he wanted to labor diligently. And in everything that he did, he pointed them to Christ. And that's something that you and I in our calling should constantly be doing. In all things, we should be pointing the people that we serve to Christ while we labor diligently. A fantastic example of that type of labor is our bishops. The bishop is always laboring so diligently for the people in his ward because he loves them. And in all things, he's pointing them to Christ. And then if you look in verse 18, this is, I love this one. It says, For I, Jacob, and my brother Joseph had been consecrated priests and teachers of this people by the hand of Nephi. Now, this one's a little less obvious, and it actually is something that Nephi did. But this idea of delegation, Nephi didn't teach his people all by himself. He didn't take on all the responsibility of being the priest and the teacher and not giving that responsibility to anyone else. He called and consecrated Jacob and Joseph to be teachers and priests also. He was willing to delegate that responsibility to others. And I think that that's a really important characteristic of a good leader. A good leader knows what responsibilities to give up and to give to other people and what responsibilities to keep for themselves. So I love that example of leadership that we get from Jacob here in this chapter, and also the example of delegation that we get from Nephi. So let's take a look at verses 15 and 16. So listen, in these verses, what happened to the people of Nephi after Nephi passed away? There's a really important word in here that I want to emphasize. Verses 15 and 16 say, And now it came to pass that the people of Nephi, under the reign of the second king, began to grow hard in their hearts, and indulge themselves somewhat in wicked practices, such as, like unto David of old, desiring many wives and concubines, and also Solomon and his son. Yea, and they also began to search much gold and silver, and began to be lifted up somewhat in pride. I really like these verses because of the word somewhat. These verses don't say that the people plunged headfirst into sin. It says that they began to indulge themselves somewhat, to grow hard in their hearts, to be lifted somewhat up in pride. It's that somewhat that we have to take caution of. It's that somewhat that we need to strengthen ourselves against. 
because Satan is very smart and he is not going to get us to dive headfirst into these sins. And he knows that. So he begins to get us to somewhat be lifted up in pride, just a little bit. He begins to tempt us to somewhat sin. Satan tries to just get us to dabble in sin. And a lot of times, if you notice where it talks about pride, they began to be lifted somewhat up in pride. Satan didn't start with egregious offenses. He tried to start with their attitude. Because there are three types of sin. There's commission, the things that we do, omission, the things that we don't do, and disposition, our attitude. And generally, when we sin, it starts from disposition. We start with a really bad attitude. Omission, we start to omit things that we should be doing. And then commission, we start doing things that we shouldn't be doing. And it's interesting because repentance works in the exact opposite way. We have to stop doing the things that we're committing. We have to stop with our sins of commission. Then we have to start doing the things that we should be doing. We have to stop omitting And then we have to change our disposition. But sin almost always starts with the attitude, the sins of disposition. And then Satan works up to the sins of omission. And then he ensnares us with the sins of commission. And so I love this warning that Jacob gives when he says the people began somewhat to participate in these things, somewhat to be lifted up in pride. You and I have to be on guard 24-7, so that we cannot even somewhat be swayed in our convictions and in our beliefs. Elder Worthlin says, No one is immune from Satan's influence and temptations. Do not be so proud to think that you are beyond the adversary's influence. Be watchful that you do not fall prey to his deceptions. Stay close to the Lord through daily scripture study and daily prayer. We cannot afford to sit back and take our salvation for granted. We must be anxiously engaged our whole lives. These words of President Brigham Young motivate me and remind us that we can never give up the fight to endure. The men and women who desire to obtain seats in the celestial kingdom will find that they must battle every day for this sacred goal. Every day. You guys do not give up the fight. And do not relax in the fight, even somewhat, because it's in those somewhat moments that Satan creeps in and begins to take hold. Do not give him the somewhats. Do not let him in. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. If you're liking this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, to like, to comment, and to share with other people. This has been Come Follow Me Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.